Go! It's go time, guys! It's go time! It's go time! It's Blunt Talk episode number 32 with me, Taylor Hart from Respect My Region. And I got Matt the motherfucking hospitality in here with me today. What's happening? What's, What's happening? happening? Man, uh, yeah. thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming through. Uh, we were literally just smoking and chopping it up last night at Fremont Fridays. Uh, great uh, event last night. Shout Come out on. Freak Out Record or Freak Out Fest. Yeah, um, Freak Out, Freak brought, out Records. Freak Out that. brought the sick lineup last night. Yeah, it was pretty pretty rad last night. Um, and second to last one. So next Friday is the final uh, Fremont Fridays. So y'all should come out. Pull up. And kick August 26th. It. It's going to be live. It's going to be live and direct. And uh, we'll be out there smoking weed for sure. Um, I know I am a little hungover from last night. Uh, there was a lot of people out there last night. And so I ended up smoking and drinking way too much. So... I am going to part of the uh, battle. Yeah. What do I have today? Today for my blend of the week, I have Doc and Yeti's Creme de Limon, um, which is a lemonade and gelato cross, which is super, super tasty. I already took a bong choke of this and it is like creamy, citrusy, delicious. Uh, yeah, I like it a lot already, um, but I only just took like a snapper. So I only got a like brief little a uh, little hit of it so i'm excited to like dig in and really enjoy the shit out of this uh what you got rolling up over there man so I, I, I brought a couple different things today you know what i'm saying i know blunt talks with tay you gotta come right mm-hmm. uh, i'll be smoking doobies i quit smoking blunts like shoot nine years ago now holy shit i was blunt or die and then a, yeah. a friend of mine challenged me Said, I bet you couldn't go 30 days without smoking a blunt. I'll give you 100 bucks. Yeah. I took said 100 bucks and just smoked joints for the month. But through the month, I found out that, like, not all joint papers are created equal. And my biggest problem was I was always getting ash all over everything because they were just ash everywhere. That was the. That was the I just big, ash on myself. That was the big defining factor yeah. between blunts for me. And then I came across Raws. And they burned right. Yeah. Which is so funny because I hate raws. They're like one of my least favorite papers. I usually buy like elements or something like that. I like the rice paper a lot better. I have a lot of people who say they like the elements. And honestly, either one doesn't really matter to me. They're both made by the same people. Yeah. At the end of the day. (laughs) But I just like. I like the fact that it burned the right speed, yeah. and I like the fact that as uh, I really started diving into raw, they started coming out with these raw blacks, which are actually the thinnest paper made on earth. And they I don't can think o- I've actually ever seen. They those can shows. only make them a couple months of the year because the weather outside has to be right for the process. Word. Yeah. See, this is this is something that I would grab and smoke. This seems a lot more similar. Um, it's the, the, it's the vibe shit. for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, I brought some of this Barney Rubble looking weed. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, for real. One of my buddies mm-hmm. made it. It's cross of Tropicana cookies and white cherry gelato. Mm, beautiful. It's beautiful weed. Yeah. It's the craziest really looking is. buds I've ever I seen. I don't even know if y'all, y'all would be able to see that yeah, in you there. Can I, see you how can kind of see it. Yeah, it's super purpley in there. Um, and it smells really good. I am a big fan of the citrusy type stuff. 
Normally, I am not a fan of the citrusy type stuff. And that like as as a, as a whole, that is really not my vibe. Mm-hmm. But like gassy or earthy. I'm a, I'm a gassy earthy cookies and OG to the death of me. Kind of <laughs> yes, that is. Uh, I know a few people that are like that. Honestly, like I know a couple of people who like wake up and smoke GMO. And they want like the super funky of the. Funk. I need yeah, I need the funky gym socks. You yeah. feel me? I need the the the. Am I supposed to be smoking this? Absolutely. <laughs> the questionable, like, is this bad? Like, yo, did the week gone? go bad? Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly the kind of funk we're looking for. How old is the oldest weed you've ever smoked? Intentionally. Intentionally or yeah. unintentionally, because uh, sometimes you know you find out after the fact that that was super old weed. Back during the glory days of weed, when it was the wild west out here, uh, medical was a thing. Yeah, I was running a delivery service with a couple of friends of mine, and we had like display jars, right? And we'd take like a nice cola from all of our harvest, different strains, oh, no. and just bang, <laughs> pop it in a jar, and that's what we'd show off to people. And fill orders accordingly. Yeah. But then we just started uh for our own shelf, we just started storing one of every genetic we ever ran through the garden and just had like one really nice nug of everything. And we got some stuff that was like almost two years old. Oh my god. And we, we tried it, tasted like ass, but of course, yeah. But we tried it, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? And that, that was the oldest intentional weed I've ever smoked. Wow. Normally, if it don't smell right to me. It could be fresh if it's not the one. I've smoked enough weed to know if it's not the yeah. one for me, I'm going to just pass. Somebody else is going to be stoked to smoke that. Right. So not me. Well, honestly, I think nowadays, I was a medical patient back in the day, and I never questioned it on the shelf what I was buying, whether it was going to be fresh or not, because I knew it because I would walk, I would be in the lobby and I would see people bring in bags, you know, duffel bags full and be like, hey, you guys want to sell this? And they'd be like, it was a beautiful time. Yeah. In, it was a beautiful time in history. It was like freshly harvested and then they would take it in and usually it'd be on the shelf the next day. And so I would come back and buy it a lot of the time, you know? And so it's crazy nowadays that people don't have great standards or practices for curing or you know packaging for sale and like when do they package it to sell it you know a lot of these people are chopping it down and immediately throwing into a jar and sending it off to be sold you know or drying and curing it at their facility yeah but then it gets packaged shipped to a dispensary maybe through a third party so it maybe sits for a day or two then it gets to the dispensary and it goes on the shelf with three hundred thousand other options yeah and so even though they bought six jars of your weed when it was fresh, right. the first two got sold while it was fresh, the yeah. next two got sold while it was going stale, and the last two got sold old. Yeah. And the two customers who tried your weed old are never going to try your company. Again. Right. And so that's been like a battle a lot of the, my gardener friends have been facing, and like the only solution we've come up with so far has just been doing more frequent yeah. deliveries of smaller volume so that the weed is churning and burning on the shelf. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, the eco-friendliness of weed has gone down the tank. <laughs> in, in medical, we were giving people 10% off if they brought their container back. So we yeah. were reusing it. A hundred percent. There was programs like that where people would be able to have like a a sustainable consumption you know what i mean because a lot of these people were buying 
in large quantities, big bulk sales. I would see lots of people pick up a lot at a time. And so it was easy for them just to bring back their container and be like, fill it up because that's how much I know that I need or whatever. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it, uh, it was a beautiful time. Um, And now every time you go buy an ounce, but that's instead of getting an ounce in a bag or a couple little pill containers that you can reuse, you're getting eight different eighth jars. A lot of the times, yeah. Or a mylar bag. Right. Yeah. I we I know like on my shelf when people come and ask them for an ounce, you know, it's it's hard to find them what they're looking for in that prepackaged size. And unfortunately, because Washington business, makes you prepackage everything. Yeah, and so the gardens can't make enough money selling ounces right. because they have a three time markup. Yep. And, and that's, that's so they have to bust it down the into eight. Sometimes it's three to three and a half. Sometimes it's four. I know stores that have done a four-time markup, and that's insane. And a lot of that doesn't go back into the growers or the producers or any of them. So it's crazy. You know, I just always ask the questions about the money. I'm like, so City of Seattle makes over a million dollars a day in tax revenue from Mm -hmm. marijuana. Like, where's the money being applied. Actually, I had a great conversation um, on the other podcast I host, Shout Out Higher Women podcast, um, for the North American Weed Tour that we're doing at Respect My Region. I've been interviewing uh, lots of women in the cannabis industry. Um, and shout out motherfucking Mama T up at Puffin Chill in Linwood. Uh, she uh, dove in and looked into it and was trying to figure out where a bunch of this money is going. Um, and I guess that there is a uh, I guess you can see she found where you can see how much revenue is being made and all of that. And a lot of it is just sitting in mm-hmm. an account. We have an account. Not doing nothing. When they're talking about schools having no budgets for after school programs, right. cutting music and art programs, like put the weed money towards it. 100%. 100%. And places like Colorado does a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm, they've been doing it a lot better than us in certain aspects. And that is one of them. Yeah. That I really commend Colorado for doing and being very vocal about it as well. Um, yeah, they, they to, do like the Alaska method where anyone who's an Alaska resident gets money from oil and fish. Anyone who's a Colorado resident gets a check every year for wheat. It's beautiful. That is beautiful to me. Smoke about it, Colorado. Yeah, so hopefully Washington will uh, catch up at some time. Hopefully we'll get delivery back. I did not know that you did delivery back in the day. Delivery would be game-changing. Yeah, delivery would be great. Uh, They have delivery down in Cali, and that was beautiful. I went out to a rooftop movie. Um, uh, Joey brought me out there. Shout out Joey and Colin down in, uh, in Cali. Uh, they took me out to this outdoor movie showing and um, you could just walk up to this booth and order fucking weed and it would get delivered there and they would bring it to you and like I didn't even have to leave and so we ordered some drinks and you know we were rolling up and I'm waiting for the movie beautiful. theater I know. where's a movie theater at where you could just blow doobies for real I'm tired of having to hide my fucking vape pen <laughs> I definitely will hit the vape pen in the movie. Uh, but I want to be able to sit there like this with a blunt in hand and watch and watch my movie. Look at that. Look at that. People think that I roll fucking big fat bats. Look at that. That's not even a bat. That's bigger than a bat. It's a thumb. That's a, yeah. <laughs> it's a thumb. 
so you're just a joints all day long kind of smoker, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I, I dab about it, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. I also feel like I have to surrender a part of my lung and or soul every time I take a dab. <laughs> Why is that? Is it just uh, it hit you too hard? Yeah, Are you just taking makes... too hot of dabs? No, like... no, I mean, I just have always cough gnarly. Maybe it's just because I smoke all day, but yeah. I just have the gnarliest dab cough. I can still take it. I get blitzed, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But like, do you do cold dabs or are you doing I'm a, like... I, like this? I'll do a cold start. I rock an e nail. Shout out mini nail. You know what I'm saying? Those have been my guys since day one. Yeah. Uh, I love yeah. dabs. My girl and I will take a dab in the morning when I get up, yeah. or maybe one when I go to bed. Other than that, it's pretty much doobies. It's crazy to me. Uh, I love dabs. And when you smoke as much as we smoke, like dabs are like the natural step up, you know, to increase your intake. But So this one right here I'm blowing on is some, uh, like this new strain from Cali. My boy is doing the Golden Arc. Which, okay. shout out my nigga Fresco, this thing's blowing. But I also had some like old school hash, like hashish, not like hash rods and like some bubble. Yes. And I've just been rolling worms of the bubble. It's been stupid that that's like the spain way right like yeah. they're really big into hash over there so i like, love I, hash hash in the joint is the way yeah now if you want to age weed hash is where you want to age it because aging the bud not a good idea aging hash though is a great idea i would love uh that's what i'm trying to see a lot of these outdoor farmers do like if if you're gonna grow an absurd amount of weed like make yeah. the cool stuff you know what i'm saying stop making a bunch of boof <laughs> like just go ahead and make a ton of hash bro make it into why bubble not? hash make it into hash rosin yeah like, why not there's so many uses for it and it can last so much longer yeah it's just, it just doesn't make sense not to uh, I support this, and I think every farm should do that because you should use all of your product and don't let it go to waste. Uh, so create weird, interesting shit for people to try because we'll definitely smoke it. <coughs> I'll try it once, I maybe like trying twice. Things. Yeah, so you know. Man, so last night uh, I was having a conversation with these cats, and I couldn't walk away from it. They. The bartender, they were like his business partners from his other job. Yeah. And he's like, bro, you got to talk to these guys. And they've developed software so that you can, dispensaries can take cards. Beautiful. But they're making it so that, and it's like, not only can they take cards, they have it set up so that you can pull from any different crypto wallet you have. Right. And convert it and pay on the spot. Because essentially it's just buying a preloaded card. Right. So that their their goal is to help with theft because yeah. every week you open the newspaper or something and you find out that another dispensary got robbed, another farm got robbed. So they're right. trying to make it safer for people to do business in yeah. an obviously thriving and booming business. I got you. <laughs> so I, I was impressed. It's a uh, it's not the people who find gold that are going to get rich sure you got one in a million who find a gold mine, but right. the people selling picks and shovels and pans, those are the ones who became wealthy. Yeah. Uh, I know 
a few places are already doing uh, like those kind of like roundabout transactions, like whether it's like a digital ATM or like a, uh, I don't know, it's like a crypto work through like you were talking about, but being able to do it, pull it from anywhere, convert it on spot, do all of that. Because right now I think it's just like with a, with a debit or a credit card. I don't think you can do, I don't know, some places might have like Samsung or Apple Pay or some shit like that. That would be, that's living in the future right there. Just being able to tap your phone or something. So that sounds crazy though. Uh, I wish that we would implement it in my store. Uh, but I wish that they would just push that legislation further to give us safe banking, you know, so that we could actually work with these banks instead of having to create things to be able to process these things. One of my other buddies, shout out my guy, Andy, he's uh, been trying to open the first bank of cannabis. Beautiful. Down in in Tacoma. Yeah. uh, That would be another step that would be uh, killer. So I'm excited for these like innovative businesses and and things that are going to happen in this industry. Um, Especially with just like how hemp can be used resourcefully as well. We're not even tackling the hemp factor because it just pisses everybody off. <laughs> like you can make gas out of it. They can make hemp creep, which is more temperature resistant. Yeah. You can make two by fours in three years instead of 30, like a cedar. Yeah. And a lot of it is complaining that it's going to take away people's jobs. But really, in actuality, it's just going to give people a different job to have. Because we're still going to need all of these jobs to be done, all of the like hands-on right. The infrastructure is not just going to just appear out of all these jobs that we're stealing from right, people. Right. But instead of like cutting down trees to make you know paper and shit like that, you can cut down hemp to make it and shit. So you know, but you could like line freeways with hemp. It, yeah, it pulls more CO two out of the air and puts off more oxygen than any other plant on the planet. The, the conversations you can have yeah. about it are endless. Yeah, 100%. You can um, eat it. Hemp seed is great for you. You can yeah. get clothing out of it, ropes. It's virtually anything that you can really think of. You Constitution of the United States of America. <laughs> you know, you could literally write about America on it. It's crazy. It's Absolutely crazy. crazy. Um, but here we are living in a world where it's still demonized <coughs> and, and illegal and people get arrested for it and locked up and yeah. I really like my global mission is just to find people who are against weed and have a sit down with them and change their And mind. make them for weed. That's a, that's a great mission to have, I think. And I know that a lot of that, um, like, positivity and a lot of, um, you know, self-improvement or just like betterment of the community. I mean, a lot of that, um, you guys tackle in martial law band and everything that you do, you guys do like a lot of, uh, I'm sorry, that's an understatement. They don't do a lot of shit. They do like a ridiculous fuck ton (laughs) amount of shit. (laughs) I don't know if I've ever seen them stop. Um, once you guys built up momentum and, and everybody in the community really started to learn your name, I don't think you guys have stopped running ever since. No, we actually kind of doubled down on it. We did the other option <laughs> and, uh, we, we just wrote a song about it for our new album called Double Down. 
because you got to double down on your dreams if you want to make it. You know? so That's right. Never stop, chasing, never stop chasing your dreams. You want something, you've got to go and get it. So double down on yourself. Believe in yourself. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. I live in Seattle where the richest and the poorest man in the world lives. So, like, literally anything is possible. Yeah. It's uh, it's crazy to see, you know, the homeless people just chilling on a corner and they're hustling and making their money, too. Uh, Men- so, you know. Mental health is a serious issue we need to address. You know, drugs are a serious issue we need to address. I think weed helps with a lot of those things. Yeah, when people start having the conversation that weed is an exit drug instead of an entry drug, then I think we'll be on a little bit better of the right path. Because I have seen plenty of people get off of plenty of hard drugs by just switching and smoking weed. And I've seen people quit alcohol. I've seen people quit heroin. I've seen people quit a plethora of different... And how many opiates. different strains have you ever seen? Different strains? Different strains. Oh, my God. Uh, Do you think that all weed affects you the same? No, absolutely not. So then with that broad of a space and that many other cannabinoids that we haven't even tested for because we don't yeah. even know what we're testing for. Right. We just keep finding shit. We're like, yeah. oh, shit, that's in there, too. Yeah. <laughs> and people are really having the, these, uh, like, in-depth research into, um, like, what these cannabinoids are doing. And, like, a lot of people were like, no, it's the terpenes. And now it's like, no, it's not the terpenes. It's this, it's that. And really, like, a bunch of it is all, you know, aromatherapy and a lot of other, like, natural holistic medicines that people have been using for a long time, you know. And I think that that is the most important factor when it comes to finding weed. Anybody who doesn't smoke a lot, listen to me. Smell the weed first. Yes. If it smells good to you, it's probably going to react well with you. If it smells like something, you're like, "Uh uh-uh. Yeah. There's other flavors. Keep going. Yes, absolutely. Like he was saying, he likes funky stuff. He likes those slutty gym socks smelling strains. And to me, that does not smell great. That does not treat me well. I tend to like, I get paranoid if I can't feel my body. Like, you know what I mean? I freaked out. The only time I ever freaked out smoking weed was smoking this weed called XJ13. I love XJ. See? No, I cannot. It's the only weed that ever made me paranoid. Like like you were saying, I was like looking over my shoulder at my own house. I was like, yo. Like, what's behind me? What is happening? Yeah. And like, I talked to a couple of my friends about it. I didn't smoke anything from that garden anymore. And then a different garden had the same cut a couple months later. And I'm like, let me like consciously try this and check yeah. it. And I totally freaked out again. Yeah. And I just have never smoked XJ or any of the like really Jack Carrera strains anymore. But yeah. And a lot of that, it could be because of the terpenes that are in there. Because some of those terpenes in those kind of strains like XJ are a little bit more peppy or a little bit more zippy. They're like a lot of those citruses people will use in certain like um, <coughs> in certain aromatic combinations to provide. Like if you go to the store and they buy and you find like, I don't know, they have energizing candles or whatever, you know, they're supposed to help perk up your mood. Um, and those are the, the, the kind of scents that they use because it's it's vi- vibrant and, and energizing kind of strain or uh, shit for those strains. So, um, 
but really it could also be like different minor cannabinoids that those strains have that other strains don't like I know that in a lot of like African land races, which are yeah. usually like really lot, high energy, buzzy, a lot more sativa dominant. Right. But put an end to this conversation too. Everything is a hybrid, <laughs> unless you have some landrous seeds that are crazy old. Everything is a hybrid. They can lean to be yeah. more sativa dominant or more indica dominant, but everything is a hybrid. And it's a full spectrum. There, it's not like there's any like definitivity definitivity that's a new word uh, <laughs> i heard that in the Chris um, dictionary right? <laughs> yeah exactly i'll be writing that too uh publishing that book later on um but yeah there's no definitives to it really it's a it's a full spectrum so even a land race sativa it's not all going to be the same definitive kind of effect to it you know what i mean it could be very different because you have like your floral hazes and then you have more of like your tangies and then the durban poison but i also uh know that a lot of those strains like like i was saying those african land races they're high in like thcv which is a minor cannabinoid that we don't really know anything about we only know like very, very little about that. And so, you know, it could be those cannabinoids that also, don't bind well with your... Also, the THC on the jar does not matter. <laughs> I had a conversation about this the other oh, day, too, on Hire man, Women. Um, because gracious. there's a lot of facilities that get paid to put higher test scores on there and they'll fake it, you know. Or they'll send in, you know, test samples. Even if everybody up. was testing it and it was all legit. You go smoke some granddaddy, you're finna be knocked out and stuck on the couch. Yeah. But it's gonna test at like seven, eight percent THC because yeah. it's super heavy in other things like CBG and CBN. But you're not even testing for those. People aren't even looking at it. Right. Like I want the highest THC. That's not gonna get you any higher. Not bro. only that, all the weed you're smoking that's coming out of the shop right now is gonna get you high. Yeah. Look at the harvest phase. That's really important. If it's not on there, ask your bud tender, when did this come in? Do you know when this came in? Do you know when it was harvested? Like, don't be that person that's asking, like, is the chicken from a free range farm? What is his name? Don't be like that, Portlandia folks. Um, but uh, also, we... <laughs> I love the bud tenders. Their job isn't always the easiest. They got to deal with a lot of different people. So I see you guys and I respect you for that. I appreciate that. But I really don't like people who don't smoke or don't smoke a lot telling me oh this is the one when they haven't even tried it yeah or like don't really smoke right yeah i'm sorry but if you want to be a bud tender and you don't smoke weed don't become a bud tender just don't do it because you're not going to be able to have enough it's like it's like if a sommelier didn't drink the wine how are they going to know what it tastes like? Yeah. How are they going to be able to pick up on everything? So if you don't actually smoke it and you don't have that full experience behind it, then how are you going to sell me on something? How are you going to know that this is going to be good or even that what it's going to like end up being like, because everybody reacts differently. But if you don't, if you smoke enough weed, you'll understand how, different they all are right and and how different types of people will react to it like i know one girl 
who everything's almost like opposite like sativas hit her like indicas indicas hit her more like sativas and so i know that if i find somebody else who is like that i know that they they might like this that and the other because her body's kind of the same way <coughs> there's definitely everybody's gonna react differently to it but i don't know it helps to know all of those different perspectives and have your own so i'm just saying if you're gonna be a bud tender fucking smoke weed or have at some point. Period. Period. Yeah. Period. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, four and a half years in the bud tending game, and I've been smoking weed since I was like 12 years old. So, <laughs> graduated to the shit. For real. Like, I've been practicing my whole life for this gig. So, if you want to become a bud tender, come holler at us at Respect My Region. We'll help get you trained up, and then you can go out and be a bud tender. So, that's you know? what I mean a bud tender training course. Yes, uh, like a bud tender boot camp for the North American Weed Tour from Respect My Region. Uh, definitely check that out. We're doing this thing called the Step Academy where we go through strains, terpenes, extracts, stuff like that, you know, and, uh, uh, and we just talk about it and break it down into ways that you can understand and use and apply that to the sales factor of it, or as a consumer yourself, just have more understanding of the product. So um, it's definitely an important part. And I think with federal, um, not necessarily legalization, but federal regulation, whatever they decide to do, decriminalize, deschedule. Um, with that, I think you we want need them to deschedule it. Yeah, we really don't want because I want them to start market. studying it. Mm hmm. The Jerusalem Journal of Medicine that says that cannabis can cure over 241 Western ailments. Yeah, shout out Israel, man. Um, they are some of the top dogs in the cannabis world as far as research goes, for sure. They are doing things that we're not even allowed to do here. It is illegal <laughs> to study. It's not illegal to study THC if it's by itself. It's not illegal to study CBD if it's by itself. But once you mix it, which is what happens when you actually smoke the plant, is that is illegal to do. You're not allowed to study those things together. And so uh, if we descheduled it, that would open it up to being able to be studied to its full extent. That's what you want. That's what we want, for sure. Um, because, yeah, we're only beginning to understand it and be able to apply that knowledge in a way that consumers can use it responsibly and use it more for wellness or, you know, I don't know. I, I fear overconsumption is going to happen. You know, it's what we're already seeing it. And so it's already <laughs> affecting the market um, to where people are like, I know Doc and Yeti up their production um, because people were consuming more during the pandemic mm -hmm. and then they just had it up abundance of product left over and so and the thing is in in the weed business it's a living cycle so in order to bring a new strain in it takes six months from the day i get a cut right till the day yeah. i'm actually smoking right and so so I, if we ramped up <laughs> especially we kept ramping up because every yeah. 10 days we're taking new cuts we're ramping up oh shit like it's just a massive pile up Yep. And so the best thing you can do is if you can't liquidate your weed, yeah, turn it all to hash. Like we were saying before, make some things out of it. Yeah. 
it comes full circle here. That's what we do uh, here on Blood Talk. Should we take yeah. a dab for the people one time? Take a dab for the people one time? Yeah. What uh, what you got on you? I got some fire bros. Oh, those are the homies too. Yeah, I love dab, fire bros. I dabbed the last of my polar ice strikes this morning. Oh, I love polar ice strikes. Hey, plug, uh, plug Goldleaf and polar yeah. ice strikes for a minute because uh, I have been... That used to be... So back in the medical era... When I was a cute little 18, 19, 20-year-old, um, <laughs> I would go to the dispensary and I would buy fucking five-star, six-star, full-melt, polar ice tracks all fucking day. It was $10 per star. So if you got that five-star, star, it was 50 bucks, 60 bucks for the gram. Same price as I pay for a lot of my hash rosin today, which is why I'm okay with paying that price because I've been doing it for literally a decade. Uh, so to me, my prices still remain about the same, which is cool. So, I think that people would pay for hash if they actually understood what it takes to make. Yeah. Not just hash, but hash rods. Shout out Dankzar. Shout yes. out Nods. Shout out Nods. Shout out Jay Rudd. I got a double shout out in one. All right, check this out. So yeah. this is Refined mm. Supernova. So uh, I don't know if you've been to Supernova yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Shut the fuck up. Is so, that what no, really? I just thought it had it was cool because it had the club's name. No, on but it. it's a house of cultivar. Yeah. Uh, which they're down in Soto by fucking uh right Supernova. So shout that out is my brother so Zach Levine, man. For real. Proud of you. We made it happen. Um, it's probably the best club that will ever be in Seattle. I don't. That's a that's a tough one to say, but um, it's pretty fucking dope. Uh, so yeah, what are, what are, I, I probably should dab that supernova. <laughs> Although, what do you got from Knott's here? Sunset Sherb. Oh, yum. Love a good Sherb. And this one was some Guava Skittles. Yum. That sounds good. Yeah. I don't have any rosin left, but I got a couple, uh, Double Dare and Peanut Butter Crunch, which are some great strains for Fire Bros. Um, that are always good. Good at dab. Yeah. Uh, what's up? I'm on the cold start life. I'm on the cold start life. Beautiful. Gotta yeah. put these down. We're like, we're like at the awkward position. So this is something. That's this is be like, do book. I do I finish? You this? have to finish it because I, it's I have too to. low to relight. There's yeah. a certain point of no return. Once you get to a certain point on anything you're smoking, joint, blunt, whatever have you. Yep. There comes a point where you might as well just finish it. Because relighting it, it's going to suck. It's true. It is very true. Uh, so while we finish this up, uh, let's talk about a little bit of what you do cannabis-wise today. We talked about delivery that you did. Yeah. But, uh, and then, how do you uh, fuck around in the cannabis industry today? Um, uh, when things became legal versus medical, Right. everyone was asking me, well, whose team are you going to join? Who are you going to go work yeah. for? Who are you going to go work for? And I know it's not for all people, but I really just am not good at having a boss. Yeah. I'm really bad at it. I don't know why, but it's just really I don't bad. Like I'm really bad at it. I like working for people. I like working with I work people. with more people than I can count, and yeah. I love working with all of them. I don't, I don't think people should work for people. I think people need to work together. If that means somebody 
has to be the boss for the ship to function. Yeah. So be it. Everybody has a role, but like everybody also needs to be taken care of. Right. Which is not communism. You need to just take care of your people. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. So you just work with a lot of people. Then. I work with everybody. Yeah. So I'm broker. So I know a lot of farms. I know a lot of extract companies. I know a lot of stores and, and shop owners. Yep. And so I just like peruse the market, always just willing to meet someone and, and open a new door because I have a whole network that I can plug them right. into. And so I just go literally questing for good weed and good people to do business with. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I go questing for good weed. <laughs> I love that. Absolutely love that. It's important though. And that's one of the things that at Respect My Region we really try and do is build those bridges, you know, connect the people that we see fit and shit like that. So um, it's, it's a really important part. Um, I think that the community aspect of weed is something that nobody ever talks about, but is yeah. the most important factor. Yeah, hundred percent. Even when it went underground and illegal since the twenties, yeah, like it was always built on faith and trust. Right. Yeah. And now that we've turned it into regular business, people get burned left and right, and it's just like okay. And I'm like, wow, that doesn't make me want to work with people. No, that's why you got to support the legacy growers, the people that come from it. And it's so funny when I talk to a lot of people, um, actually I was talking to a customer about this at work and my coworker just laughed because they were like, it's so funny that you think the people from the black market who were doing the shit when it was illegal and stuff that you put, you're putting your faith in them to continue with ethical business practices and keep the culture going, you know? And I'm like, well, it's true though. But the people who come in don't know the culture. Exactly. Those are the people that are going to be the most unethical and create this corporate atmosphere to it, you know, instead of it being more of uh, about the community and about the wellness factor and just like a, a holistic industry, you know, they're turning it into this anti-business kind of corporate Wall Street-ish looking piece of shit. Um and, and I'm not about that, you know? And so I support all of the growers who, uh, you know, have been doing it for decades. Who have, support like... Support your local Cookies growers. For real. <laughs> uh, shout out, Cookies. Shout out, fucking Burner. And hey, my guy was just on the cover of Forbes That's magazine. exactly Way what I go, was boss. about to bring up. Uh, that is... Major. That is somebody who comes from the culture, who is about the culture to this day, and is building an industry that, it, or is building a, a, I would only want to say just a, one business because it's, it's. He's paving the road for yeah. the way that a whole entire culture is moving. A hundred percent, and um, there's a, there is a cookie store in Israel. There's a cookie store, I think, in they're Spain. opening all over the place. Thailand, uh, Thailand, yeah. There's a whole bunch, um, and so it's gone global now, and that's really like next the next level. The fact that Thailand is legal and, and giving plants to people like grow weed like this 
I want all countries to be doing that. And like, if we can plant hemp it's a all lot over cheaper the than place, paying for fucking hospital bills and pills yeah. and referrals back and forth to the doctor, like, yeah, smoke some weed, get off your ass, walk around, plant, work in your garden. Those things keep people. Yeah. Oh, you always see old ass people working in their garden. Yeah, she keeps people alive. For real. And if you start doing it when you're younger and just incorporate it into your life, like when you're older, you're going to have so much respect for it. And this is me. So Go it's my crazy. nap time. Respect the weed. Plants are beautiful. Make sure you give it sunlight. For real. <laughs> my plants sit in the sun pretty much all day. I move them over here for uh, filming and stuff because they're cute in the background. Um, but I usually keep them on the windowsill in the kitchen where I have the, the blinds tilted to point directly down at them. They love it. Clearly, it's big and green and growing. Um, you said you had a garden, yeah? Yeah, long time ago. I, I let my friends do their thing now. It's a whole lot less stress to just broker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. Uh, the growing process of it all is uh, it's, it's a lot. It's therapeutic, but when you're <laughs> doing it for a living, yeah. it becomes a heavy attachment. Because you have to go to your garden every day. If you don't go to your garden yes. every day, you're doing your garden <laughs> service. Yes, you are. What did I just have? Um, that was the sunset sherb. That was the sherb? That was yeah. tasty. That's fire. There's no <coughs> we try in the supernova loud rosin. Put supernova Friday and Saturday nights, 8 yes. p.m. to 4 a.m. We disco 4 a.m. Late Seattle's night best with it. For real. Uh, into the late night. No fucking 12 o'clock cutoff. No 2 o'clock yeah, so cutoff. Explain this fancy depth you go. Oh, yeah, this is the Puffco Hot Knife. This is the easiest way to drop a dab down in my banger uh, for the cold start dabs. It's uh, electronic. It's got a ceramic tip on the top of it. And so you can just fucking uh, scoop up your oil. Also, if you have super dry, crumbly oil, you can preheat this to warm it up and then tap it in there to collect it all up so it doesn't fly all over the place. I can't tell you how many times I've fucking lost dabs because I put dry ass oil onto my dab tool and it just fell off before I could even take the dab. So, um, you know, this Dude, is carpet really, dabs are a real thing. Yeah. It's a, it's a game changer. So uh, all you do is just scoop it, press the button, it heats up, and the oil will slide off into uh, the rig. So it's uh, pretty stellar. How was the supernova? Uh, out of this world. <laughs> out of this world. <laughs> he wasn't kidding when he said that he... Uh, dies every time that he takes a dab. So. Yeah, it's a real life thing. It's uh, <coughs> that I know a lot of people can't uh, don't dab a lot or big often. Um, I'm a big fan. Some days, if I've had a really hard day at work, I come home and I'll throw a quarter gram in my banger and I'll just dab for like two, three minutes straight. <laughs> oh, I think I needed to put butane in. I'm just a relentless stoner. Like I will, I will not be beaten. Oh, I think I'm still down there. 
I lost my butane under the couch. Yo. So Matt, what's up with the new uh, MLB shit? Man, we we've put on our second summer of Fremont Fridays, which is a cool commitment to see through. You know, every week we feature like six to ten artists on stage. We got different vendors every week. We've had like two summers, one of 15 and one of 13 Fridays, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh, and we did it rain or shine this year. We This year we were tested. Last year we were blessed. We had 15 sunny Fridays in Seattle last year. Crazy. Our first three rain this year. <laughs> Yeah, I was there. I brought my rain jacket. It was still cool. People though. came out and partied in the rain. That's that's how fucking Seattle gets down. So like, yeah, we promised people we'd throw it. People showed up. Yeah, it was lit every time. And there was plenty of like tents. And we had shit plenty too. of tents. We whipped yeah. that shit together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it also nice. gave me a gnarly respect for people who were out here living homeless, drugs or not. Like for real, we had money, cars, things to tie it all off to, and things yeah. like of that nature. And it was still. Everything got wet. Yeah. Under, like, you know, from just the rainwater running downhill or, like, you know, people were staying dry, but the ground was wet everywhere. And I'm like, yo, imagine trying to do this yeah. and living in this every day. Like, we did it for every a, day. Old we time. did it for a night. All my shit was wet. When we got home, we had to dry yeah. all the speaker bags out. Yeah. Like, I know there's it's been... It's a lot harder than people think, you know what I'm saying? It's <laughs> yeah. easy to just be outside always really not it's really not shout out my crew for the seattle world tour foundation um because we try and raise awareness um, and resources for the houseless community as well as artists um, and creatives who are displaced by shit you know and the pandemic has been really difficult <coughs> for a lot of artists to maintain like a steady financial uh, there's no income, you know exactly so Just stop doing shows so yeah, uh, big, big shout out to a lot of people who continue to make that shit happen, regardless of situations and circumstances. Man, shout out my guy, OG Mambo and, and Marshall Hugh. They're both up uh, up north giving out free haircuts and working with uh, Cozy Connections, this charity organization we work with, and they're doing a back to school drive today. And all the people who've been donating to us, thank you so much. Every Fremont Friday, people are just bringing us backpacks, little notepads for the kids. Yes. So it was awesome. It takes the community to come together and to make things happen. So big respect to you guys for doing that. Um, I know you guys also fucking just jet set all over the place all the goddamn time now it seems like i know yeah, there we was really... like one fremont friday that it was like oh shit we got to get mapped to the airport yeah. <laughs> i definitely bailed from fremont friday to the airport uh i bailed from fremont friday and drove straight to san francisco for a show damn that's a long drive that's a long drive i've done that drive i did not drive uh, shout out moms. I went on a road trip with her down to the bay. Um, and that is a, a long, long ash ride. Yeah, it's like <laughs> 12 hours. Piece of cake. No problem. Absolutely easy. That's part of band life. Yeah. What's been yeah. your favorite trip that you guys have been on? As the martial law band? Yeah. Um, 
I think our first tour that we ever went on was just so like random and put together and has like so many funny moments. Uh, Our cameraman OD was just always the last dude in the van. Always the last dude in the van. We're like, yo, get in the fucking van, bro. (laughs) And one time I was like, listen, OD, if you don't get in the van by the time everybody else does, I'm leaving without you. (laughs) I'm going to teach you a lesson, bro. I'm leaving. And he like went on a rollerblade mission. And so we threw his bags and shit in the car because I wasn't turning around. And we just started driving. And he came rollerblading down the road and jumped in the van on his rollerblades. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, like, you know, crazy stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, We stopped in L.A. at this, like, brunch place. And there was, like, a two-hour wait. But then they seen us in, like, this nice Mercedes Sprinter van. Everybody's just piling out. And we got a U-Haul trailer. Yeah. They, like, got us in, like, 15 minutes. Put us dead center in the restaurant at this long-ass table. And it was Beats, Brunch, and Bottomless Mimosas. So they got a DJ. Shout out Marshall's girlfriend, Danny. She's the one who plugged us with the spot. Hell yeah. And we went, and before you know it, people are dancing on the table. You know what I'm saying? Classic. It was was legendary. That's beautiful. What's one place that you haven't been yet, but you want to go play at? Or just city, country even? I really want to go to Spain. Yeah. I really want to go, like, see where Rolling Papers were, like, birthed. and like, Yeah. Because that's, like, really where everything started for any form of consumption other than, like, out of, like, a coconut or something. So, like, <laughs> I would love, I would really love to go, like, play a cool spot yeah. in Spain. I'd love to go live in Spain, quite honestly. Ooh. That that little coastline right there, beautiful. I would love to be out there. Yeah. My girl keeps bringing up living somewhere warm, and it's not a bad sounding idea. Yeah. <laughs> right? Go somewhere that's nice like that. Warm. Beautiful. I think it would be a... I love Seattle, so it's like... That's the hard part I'll just live for multiple me. multiple places. Yeah, I want to keep a house out here and then live in other places, you know. I think of Ruin uh, I I probably will die in Seattle. That's just what it's going to be. And then you can cremate me and then use me as some sort of fertilizer for a, a cannabis plant. And then I'll just be grown and it'll be how high. I need to, I need to do some research because I can't condone that or be against it until I know. Yeah, I don't really even know if that's like a, thing. a good thing, a plausible thing to be doing somehow. Um, I feel like life is a cycle, so it's got to be good for plants. For sure. And who's to say that I don't get reincarnated? Maybe, um, maybe some weird mushrooms grow out of the lung, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, for real. There would have to be some mushrooms in there. Uh I think it's uh, been almost two years that I've been microdosing consistently, um, and it's I'm uh, more of like a macro dose. Kind of <laughs> the last time if that I'm gonna I, eat them, I'm yeah. gonna eat them. We're gonna have fun, and then stay hydrated. Go from there. Stay hydrated. Staying hydrated is is key for it. But um the last time that I took like a big dose, I had a I had a bad trip. Um 
and it was one that honestly is, still sticks with me to this day. Like I remember. Did you oh, learn anything? Oh, I learned so many things. Sometimes it was it's, sometimes it's rough to learn some things. A hundred percent. But I think that trip is what um, uh, started all of my anxiety. And I've had really bad, severe anxiety, panic attacks since that. Beforehand, I never had anxiety. I never had issues with it at all. And then after that trip, I started to have uh, hella anxiety, panic attacks all the time. And (laughs) so I've really just been trying to, like, work through it. And... uh, and I don't know, I started microdosing and it's been really great for me. So, you know, I don't know if I would do a big trip again. I would rather do acid. See, I felt like that for a while. And then life just kind of like presented a, an yeah. opportunity for it. Yeah. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to be all right. <laughs> <laughs> And, Classic you know, last words. Yeah, you know, I was all right. You I'm gonna be high. Maybe I just need a like a good guide to guide me through it and help me with that because uh, I don't know. I feel like I would just spiral. <laughs> I feel like yeah, setting and surrounding is always like a a major part of any hallucinogen experience. Yeah. Hundred uh, percent. If you don't have a good environment, you're gonna have a bad time. <laughs> it's just true. And if you don't have good people around you, you're also not gonna have a good time. Not gonna have a good time. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna but be you, a bad time. But if you set yourself up for success, success, you can have a really good time. Yes. So I if, think my favorite experience I ever had. I was with like a couple of my homies, and we went out to Kalalak Lodge which is, like, right on the coast in Washington. Mm-hmm. And we just, like, kicked it in rage. And we're like, we're going to do everything we brought while we're here. And oh then we're going to go home. And then <laughs> we just raged. And it was super fun. Uh, if y'all ever want to have an experience like that, just holler at us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we can put something together uh, and we can have a great time. So if you're... Set it up right. You're going to have a good time. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Absolutely. Wise words from us to you on how to consume psychedelics and more. So uh, You can uh, always eat more. You can never eat less. That's right. Slow and steady wins the race. Just go low and slow. That is the tempo. (laughs) And we're at the like 55 minute mark. So we're going to wrap things up here and I'll leave you with that. That's a good. That's a good thing to leave them with. I I think so. I think that's a good good place to leave off with. I'm probably gonna do some psychedelics after this and then go sleep um, tonight because I am very tired. Um, so smoke weed every day. Smoke weed every day. Uh, uh, thank you for coming on here. Honestly, yeah. thanks for was, having me. Yes. Shout out RMR. Yes. Uh, shout out you. Shout out Raw Papers. Shout out Gold Leaf. Shout out Doc and Yeti. Shout out Larry June, Healthy and Organic. Oh, Uncle Larry. New, new project just dropped yesterday. It's going it's crazy. Banging. So much. Wait, hold on. We got to talk about this. So much music <laughs> dropped yesterday. Marshall Hugh dropped a track with uh, my guy Progress Supreme, who dropped oh, his yeah. first album, That's Fire. Uh, the Grinch, the town legend, yeah, dropped the I think the most fire album of the day. Yesterday. I still have yet to run through it. Uh, Stop I playing have to. yourself. 
I'm a busy lady, yeah. okay? Uncle Larry, and if I can't listen Uncle to Larry, it was fire. No, no hate at all. It was yeah. absolutely fire. Yeah. And just the Grinch, I've been waiting on this album, and he delivered across yeah. the board. Yeah, I'm so. excited to run through it. So I haven't had time to sit down. If I can't listen to it start to finish, I don't want to touch it. So I got to set aside the As time. an artist, I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, it's what I got to do to get it done. So, um, and here we are getting it done, and we're done. So <laughs> thanks for tuning in, y'all. Episode 32, Blunt Talk. Uh, I'm Taylor Hart. Follow me, T-A-Y-L-O-R-H-A-A-R-T. Um, and we got the hospitality, 206. Holler at your boy. Go, go holler at him, follow him, all that stuff. Follow jazz. the Marshall Law Band. Absolutely. Um, and come out to Fremont Fridays next weekend, or next Friday, um, at LTD. And that's about all we have, folks. So, later. <laughs> We're going to go be high now. <laughs>